Hello, hello, beautiful beings. Hello, I hope you guys are all well. I know this episode is delayed. However, if you do follow me on Instagram, you would have seen the most recent post, or probably not the most recent post, maybe a few posts back. Um, But as I mentioned in that post, that I was called to do some work, some inner work before publishing this episode, because there were still things that needed to be brought to the surface and to my attention. But now that I have done so, I have a lot, a lot, a lot for you. So I'm not going to delay. I'm just going to jump right in. So this is episode two, season two of Piercing the Paradigm podcast. Welcome back. And this episode is all about regulating your emotions. So what does it mean to regulate your emotions? Like, what does it actually mean? So psychologists define emotional regulation as the ability to exert control over one's own emotional state. Now, I want to clarify, and this is just my perception and my understanding and my two cents. Not controlling your feelings does not mean dismissing them, repressing them, or staying stuck in them. It means honoring the fact that you have them, feeling them, and releasing them. So how do you do that? Well, you know, we're going to talk about that a little later, but the first step I realized was recognizing that you struggle with regulation or that you repress your emotions. Now, in the past episode, I admitted to being an emotional hoarder, and um, that is, for me, I'm going to be using that in exchange when I'm referring to repressing emotions as well. So here is how I realized that I didn't know how to regulate my emotions or that I was repressing them. Now, if you Google or read any kind of psychology behind emotional regulation, you might find a slew of different ways to identify that you don't know how to emotionally regulate or your emotional maturity is stunted. Um, But these are just going to be how I identified that I was, you know, dealing with emotional irregulation. So I had realized that there were a few signs that I was experiencing and a few things that just kept coming up and triggering me, letting me know that I was repressing my emotions and, you know, I was having a really hard time regulating my emotions. Oh gosh, why can't I speak today? You know what, this topic is kind of um, still a sore spot for me because like I said, I just did some recent work with myself. So Yeah, I'm still a little bit sore and tender, but nonetheless, here we are. Um, So the first thing is that I would shut down. Like whenever I started to feel overwhelmed with my emotions, I would completely block people out. You know, I really wanted, I didn't want to be bothered. I wouldn't ask for help. I would always have that response that I'm fine instead of being honest, you know, not only with other people, but with myself as well. You know, recognizing that I wasn't fine and I wasn't okay, you know. And then the second thing was I would have burst of like crying and breakdowns and it would seemingly come out of nowhere. And I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't think it was linked to any actual event and there was nothing that really triggered it or anything that occurred in that moment. You know, I remember this one day when I really had like a breakdown and cried One of those like ugly, snotty, hyperventilating cries. You know, I couldn't catch my breath. And there was nothing that had occurred that day that triggered that event of crying, 
hysterically. I cried as if someone close to me had passed away. And it was a terrible experience because I couldn't calm myself at all. And I started to have moments like that more frequently because there were so many emotions that I had been harboring, all these things that I hadn't processed, just lingering and really causing me to have random releases of (laughs) overwhelming emotions, Um, you know, because that overflow was just building up and it had to go somewhere. It had to start breaking out, you know. And the best way, at least for me at that moment, was to cry. And I even realized that if it wasn't burst of sadness and crying, it was burst of anger. And not your typical, you know, I'm angry at such and such. It was extreme anger. I remember wanting to break shit. And I even remember this one time. I don't even remember what triggered me. I know there was an actual event that triggered it, but it wasn't anything of such significance. But it I literally started to break shit. I knocked, I took my hand, my arm, and knocked everything off of my dresser. And I wound up breaking stuff that was actually really important to me. Um But because I was so blinded and couldn't understand why I was so angry, it it didn't matter to me until after the fact, until after the damage was already done. And like I said, it wasn't something that significant for me to be that angry. And it made me realize like, oh, fuck, I don't like experiencing anger because I can't control myself. I do things that I regret after the fact, which led me to realize why I had been harboring all this anger, because I don't like to see myself angry. And, you know, the last sign for me was that I needed external validation when it came to my emotions and feelings. I noticed that in two separate avenues of my life, um, the first of which was needing people to validate how I was feeling by sharing what I was going through and having them confirm that my emotions that I was feeling were valid, having them confirm that they would feel the same way if they were in my shoes, instead of just validating myself and on letting myself know that it was okay to feel whatever way I was feeling because I just fucking felt that way. And then the second avenue was feeling insecure or feeling like I wasn't supported by my friends and family when I would come to them with a problem and they wouldn't either take on that burden or wouldn't express the same feelings, you know, or a level of concern that I had. Wanting someone outside of me to validate my emotions in the sense of all like, oh, you know, poor Shauna, like, here's what she's going through. I have to feel this way. And not recognizing that people have their own shit going on. But I realized that as a child who had to take care of their emotions by themselves, um, I realized that the sooner, as soon as I found somebody who had an interest in me, it made me feel that I could put down this burden of my emotions and give it over to someone else. And they can tell me how to feel. And they can tell me if I'm feeling the right way. They can tell me how to deal with what I'm feeling. Instead of trying to manage it on my own. 
And of course, like I said, that came from years of having to emotionally take care of myself and just being exhausted from never having that support. Now, the most recent example that I'd like to share with you on this is when my Nana passed away. um, I kind of wanted everyone around me to feel the sadness and the hurt that I felt. And when my friends and the people around me didn't or didn't seem to be interested in helping me manage my emotions and my feelings, I felt abandoned and despondent. That, for me, was the turning point. And as I mentioned, I was triggered into doing more work when my Nana passed, um, mainly because of this, because I really took it to heart that my friends were not constantly checking up on me or seeing how I was feeling or how I was doing like you know and that made me realize that like I'm sitting here mad at my friends because they aren't as sad as I am that my nana passed like it made me realize that none of that made any sense and it was unfair to do that to them right oh man All these realizations really messed with my self-perception, my confidence, and it made me realize that I wasn't as in tune with myself as I tried to make myself believe. So I wanted to try to connect the dots and see where this all started. And this is what I realized. You know, growing up, I had to solve a lot of my emotional problems on my own. Because those around me who were in a position to guide me were too busy with their own goings on and often responded with, you know, just pray, stop crying, or it'll all be okay. And that was supposed to supersede an actual solution or the, you know, just allowing me to express how I was feeling and holding space for me, which is where I created the belief that my feelings and emotions were burdensome. We'll talk about how that reflects and manifests in my adult life a little later on. But remember that (laughs) that I said that. Um, Secondly, I was always told that I was too soft and that I needed to toughen up or grow a thicker skin. Story time. When I was in elementary school, I will never forget this. We would play kickball on the playground. And there was this one time where this kid who he was much larger than me, um, I had kicked the ball and it actually was it went pretty far and they didn't have time to go and get it before I ran to first base and he was the first baseman. Instead of allowing me to keep running, which is a part of the game, he held me like he put his arms around me and wouldn't let me continue to run. I remember being so upset. I was crying. I refused to go back to class. It was a whole experience. I remember the vice principal um, coming to the class to talk to me because like no one could really just calm me down. Like I was really upset. I am not going to lie. I berated the boy. I like told him off. I, you know, (laughs) I called him all sorts of names. And, you know, that's when finally the teacher and the principal were called in, not When I told them that, you know, this kid was holding me and I didn't like it, it made me uncomfortable. It wasn't until, like, I started calling him names that an adult finally started paying attention to me. Um, 
But even so, I remember the principal telling me that I was being too emotional and it was just a game and I needed to apologize to the boy for calling him names and hurting his feelings when no one acknowledged the fact that I was emotionally upset and distraught because, not because of the game or that I lost the game, but because this kid was holding me and it made me uncomfortable. Like, imagine being a little girl and this kid who is twice your size is holding you and you can't move and you like you start to cry because you're so frustrated with the situation and none of the adults are taking you seriously. You know, and that was when I realized that my emotions to some people just didn't fucking matter. And then secondly, being one-upped. I remember one time I had told my mom about being bullied in school. I was being bullied in school about my weight and about my hair. Um, And her response was that, you know, she too was bullied and that she had it way worse. So I should consider myself lucky and ignore them. I remember feeling betrayed. That is the best way that I could explain it. Because here I was bawling my eyes out, sharing my pains with the person that I thought was going to either solve my problem or make it all go away or actually make it all better. And I was being one-upped. I I did not particularly care for that. And at that point, I stopped going to her with all of my emotional Um, I don't want to say dramas, but all of my emotional experiences. And it really set in my mind that like, okay, I can really only rely on myself to emotionally support myself. (sighs) Sorry, this is still like, a, like I said, it's, it's still like a really raw spot for me. And um, I'm finding it hard to articulate because, <sighs> because I'm still in that process of releasing pent up emotions and repressed emotions. I'm still in that space of learning to regulate my emotions. And, and in this particular moment, vulnerability is, is definitely an emotion that's still uncomfortable for me uh, because of you know many of the experiences I've had when I was vulnerable. So anyways, after finding the roots of the problem or the roots of you know, the source, I wanted to find the branches. You know, where was this inability to regulate my emotions and lack of emotional maturity manifesting in my adult life? And boy, did I find the fucking branches because I realized that (laughs) my lack of emotional maturity could be traced back to a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of ruined friendships, a lot of um, 
a lot of misplaced judgment, anger, sadness, and it it was really prominent in my life. It still is. It is a ruling factor on how I interact with other people, how I interact with myself even. So to say the least, it is very prevalent in my adult life. <laughs> um, so here it is. You know, whenever I'm emotionally overwhelmed, like I said earlier, I shut down and I unhealthily self-isolate. Mainly because I learned early on that asking for help seldom yielded in actual help. And because as an adult, I was ashamed, and I sometimes am still ashamed, to rely on my friends emotionally. Um, especially when they had their own things going on. And because I, I am in, fa- in fact, oh, English, Shauna. <laughs> and because I am in fact an adult who should be able to manage my own emotions. And... There were some past experiences where being vulnerable with friends led to it being thrown back, thrown back up in my face or led to being used as ammo to hurt me because of my emotional shortcomings or my emotional trauma that I have yet to heal. And I'll say this, whilst I do understand that hurt people hurt people I could never be the type of person who uses someone's emotional turmoil as ammo to expose them to the world or to hurt them but there are in fact people who are like that and that's one of the many reasons that when I'm emotionally overwhelmed I shut down But I also noticed a pattern of holding my friends and my family to impossible and unfair expectations to guess when I needed them or to take my absence as a sign that I needed help. And when they didn't show up for me in the way that I needed, even though I never asked them to to hold the space for me, if they had the capacity to, you know, I would kind of write them off as being a bad friend or not really knowing me or understanding me when in reality it was me wanting them to be a mind reader and put my emotions in the forefront of their life when that's not their job it's mine I lost many friendships um to this next part (laughs) and um you know that was emotionally dumping on them you know Instead of asking if they had the capacity to help me through what I needed assistance with or just to even listen to me talk out my problem or my emotions. And then number two, not being able to return the favor because how could I hold space for them when I couldn't even hold space for myself? And that was a harsh reality. Listening to my friend's emotional discords made me uncomfortable because I was uncomfortable listening to and feeling my own emotional discord. That led me to realizing that I was giving my power away by not taking accountability for my feelings and emotions and then casting blame at everything and everyone else for not being what I needed them to be to help me figure out my emotional shit. How irresponsible is that? It's very irresponsible and it's very dangerous 
Because not only are you relying on other people to regulate your emotions, you are relying on other people to take accountability for what you have going on in your life. Whether or not their actions was a cause and or effect of what you're feeling, I never understood that it was my responsibility to acknowledge those feelings, to feel those feelings, and then release them. Which led me to the next point. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm seeing a ton of angel numbers as I'm recording. I've seen 7-11 twice, 7-17, it's 7-17 p.m. right now. <laughs> and I just seen uh, 2-3-4. <laughs> so uh, I'm seeing a lot of angel numbers as I'm recording this. I am accepting this as confirmation of the work that I've been doing with myself. Um, but anyways, uh, I realized that I was taking everything personally um trying to i guess predict my friends emotions and feelings and because that's what i wanted them to do for me and then when they did not do that i took it as a personal vendetta like against me like it was really bad like it was it, I took it very personally. I took people's feelings and emotional and emotions against me or towards me very personally. I took people not showing up for me personally. Every single thing that other people did that affected me emotionally, I took personally. Even if it was something that was for their highest good. You know, whether it was walking away from the friendship with me or not. Um, I took it very personally and not just respecting and accepting that maybe it was something that they needed to do for themselves. Um, I recently had a, not recently, it's been about maybe a few, maybe a few months, maybe even a year. Um, and one of my very close friends uh, two, 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 two. You see, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I had to, I had to say it. One of my very close friends, who I went to college with, and um, overall, we did have like there were things in the friendship that I wasn't fond of, but um, I was going through a really tough time emotionally, and I had shut down. I had completely shut down. I didn't reach out to anyone for help. I was struggling a lot on my own and just putting on a happy face in, in my everyday life. And I kept canceling plans with them. And I wasn't able to show up for them or hold space for them or um, even be honest with them about what I was going through. So to them, it looked like I was being a super shitty friend who, you know, didn't respect them enough to follow through with plans or didn't honor our friendship enough to show up for them. And that that really wasn't the case. It was literally that I was so depressed that I couldn't I couldn't function outside of my mental realm, outside of my emotional despair. And it cost me that friendship in the sense that 
to them, it was like I kept apologizing for, you know, not showing up the way I needed to show up in the friendship, but the behavior hadn't changed. And now that I look back, I understand, you know, why they needed to end the friendship. But I also understand and I take accountability for if I had handled that differently and asked for help or even just expressed what I was going through that possibly that they could have understood why I was unable to show up in the friendship. But, um, you know, now. Okay, so I'm going to pick up where I left off because I forgot to put my phone on do not disturb. And lo and behold, uh, <laughs> I got cut off. So, um, okay, trying to remember where I left off. Okay, so depression. Yes, so in that particular instance, it cost me my friendship. But realizing that I was depressed was one of the many branches. I I realized that those repressed emotions festering had finally begun manifesting in my reality in a more direct and noticeable way. I was like a human Eeyore and my friends started to see it and they could even see through it when I was putting on a happy face. Sorry guys, you probably hear my dog in the background and <laughs> he he's, you know, he, he needs some loving right now. But anyways, back to uh, <laughs> back to the episode. Um, so from there. I wanted to figure out how I could regulate my emotions and how I could begin feeling and working through everything that I had repressed. And honestly, I I didn't know where to start. Like, I didn't know. Um, it's easy to read all these things and these tips from psychologists and and read all the books and the resources, but... Even having the tools, sometimes it's hard to figure out where to even start. So here's what I did in order to begin to regulate my emotions and feel through repressed emotions. Number one, number one was therapy. Therapy helped me remember experiences and traumas and feelings that I had forgotten I even went through. It really allowed me the space to feel safe enough to feel those and to have someone validate my experiences uh, because I really needed that. Then number two, shadow work. So revisiting these experiences helped me to process the emotions I felt. And shadow work is it's definitely something that I was afraid to dip my feet in because I knew that as soon as I did it, the floodgates would open and I would have to be uncomfortable for a little while. And sometimes I still am. Third, self-talk. Now, this one's a big one because I have conversations with myself all the time and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Whenever I'm feeling something and I can't quite name it or put my finger on it and I can't explain why I feel that way, I talk it out with myself. I ask myself what I'm feeling and, you know, why I feel this way. And I kind of just keep going at it until it comes up, even if it's like a whole roundabout conversation. 
I just allow myself that space to talk it through. Next, journaling. Now, journaling is a big one for me. I've always loved to write, but um, the more repressed my emotions got, the more uncomfortable I began to feel writing because then it really made those emotions real. It made them come to life. And I had to get back to a point where I was comfortable writing it all down, whatever what was on my mind. And eventually, the, the truth of the matter would come out. So, um, next, we have meditation. Meditation for me was hard, and it still is sometimes. I avoid meditation uh, when I'm overwhelmed. And that's how I knew it was something that I needed to do. Because I realize that when I sit in stillness, I feel every fucking thing. Every single thing that I was hiding from began to bubble up to the surface because finally I was sitting still by myself. And usually my mind would start to reveal what was going on in my heart, what was going on, you know, mentally and emotionally. And I learned to just sit with it until it passed, feeling it, understanding and accepting how I felt and then allowing myself to let it go you know because I usually and this is where the depression comes in I usually would just sit in that feeling and hold on to it for as long as I could and that's where I realized also that victim mentality was prominent in my life Lastly, and this is probably my most favorite favorite method of regulating my emotions, music therapy. Now, I love music as much as the next person, and music for me is therapeutic. So I would start to listen to music that I thought represented how I was feeling. And I would listen for messages or correlations uh, to name what it was that I was feeling. And then I would proceed with one of the other methods to determine why, whether that was meditation, journaling, or self-talk, or even shadow work, or even therapy for that matter. And this particular idea came from, I don't know how old my listeners are, um, but... I remember an episode of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, which was one of my favorite cartoons. And Libby had created this music machine where you would put your hand on a scanner and it would play music based on how you were feeling. And I was like, yo, that is fucking brilliant. I wish it was real, but I can make it real. And this is how I'm going to do it. So that that's really what I got out of that. And um, so, yeah, that that's how I regulate my emotions. There's going to be things that work for you that don't necessarily work for me. And there's going to be things that work for me that don't necessarily work for you. You have to find your home, you know, how you regulate your emotions and start to feel through your repressed emotions. Um, I am always an advocate an advocate for mental health, especially um, therapy. So if you are really unsure where to start and it's making you overwhelmed, which is causing you to delay starting, I, I suggest possibly reaching out to someone who is licensed 
to help you, whether that be a therapist, a, a life coach, or even just a, a trusted friend or family member. It's always a good place to start. So that's all I really had for the emotional regulation episode. Um, There'll probably be more on this in the future as I continue to dive deep. But I do have a journal prompt for you guys. I know it's been a while since I've had a journal prompt for you guys. Um, But this journal prompt is going to help you either shed light to the fact that you struggle with emotional regulation or repressing your emotions or that you actually had a system or healthy support system I should say growing up that helped you in noticing how that either is affecting or enhancing your adulthood right so um this is the journal prompt was I given the space validation or support I needed to emotionally express myself in childhood? If so, how is this enhancing my adulthood? If not, how is this affecting my adulthood? And I'd say definitely start there and write it out. See how you feel. Meditate on the question. Sit with your inner child. See what comes up, if anything. But yeah. So before we go, as always, I do have our Oracle deck, Whispers of Healing by Angela Hartfield. And let's see, what message do we have for the highest good of our listeners regarding emotional regulation? Oh, more angel numbers, (laughs) y'all. Let's see. Oh, this card just like wanted to go up growth all right so yeah um regulating your emotions is going to lead to a level of growth that has yet to be achieved for you and you know this card really represents the fact that you're never done with growing it's a lifelong process there is always going to be something new to become you know skilled at or to enhance your energy this card is telling us to make spiritual growth a priority, which, like I said in uh, my post, that is why this episode has been delayed. Because going through what I needed to go through and finding <laughs> those key those keys within myself before sharing with the world was important. But anyways... Um, So, you know, it's telling you to set goals and further your knowledge and plan how you're going to achieve your goals. Start your growth process by taking a deep look within yourself. See how yourself surrounded uh, with a white light of your personal power. Devote yourself to your own growth. Know that it what makes you feel happy and content and in charge in your life. Um... This card is really beautiful. It's, it's it's beautiful. And I'm going to post it on our Instagram. But you're never done growing. And I also want to share this particular message. I realized that emotionally, I was still the age I was uh, when I realized that my emotions didn't matter to other people or that it was a burden to others. And that's where I had to start from. Recognizing that emotionally I was still that little girl and 
I had to gradually mature my emotions. It's not a one-two step process. It's not a one-day healing event. It is a everyday healing process. So, yeah, it's tough to realize that you sometimes are your that you sometimes are your biggest blockage but also your only path to growth and freedom but um yeah so that's all i had for you beautiful souls today i wish you a beautiful blessed and abundant week for all of you um who are in to i would say uh spirituality and magic or whatever you would like to to identify it as um this past new moon was a really great time to start a new healing practice whether that is inner child shadow work or even just creating a ritual for yourself so i highly suggest taking this time to reflect on what newness you want to bring into your life but that's all and I love you beautiful souls and I'll talk to you next time.